They do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Two went in front, one up there. Scramble for it, then they poke away at it. Still it's loose. Put that by Covington. They score! And three! It's over! Rodgers is going to roll away. Throws it up in the air. Says a prayer. Welcome to episode five of the Face Off podcast. Julian McKenzie, Jake Lapin here. And this particular episode, uh, we were going to lead off with uh, the NBA All-Star Weekend because festivities and all that. There was New Orleans this year. Uh, Anthony Davis had himself a great time, setting the record for most points scored in an All-Star game. And then shit hit the fan. You could say that. Shit hit the fan, Jake Lapin. Uh Boogie Cousins, DeMarcus Cousins, who has told reporters, told the media, and even the Sacramento Kings organization said it wasn't going to happen. DeMarcus Cousins said he wanted to stay in Sacramento. And all of a sudden, he's playing for the New Orleans Pelicans in exchange for Buddy Heald, Tyreek Evans, Langston Galloway, a protected top three first-round pick, and a second-round pick. In other words, a bag of peanuts. Essentially, I I I don't know what to make sense of this. I mean, I, I, I don't know. There's so I, many I, ways I to it. delve into it. I don't get it. Uh, let's let's delve into this. Uh, first off, uh, how did you hear about uh, the trade? I'm always curious with all these these big trades. How do people hear about it? How did you hear about it? Right. Well, I was active on Twitter last night as a. I usually am, and b. Because it was the All Star Game, there's usually some good banter going on there, and mm-hmm. that's when the rumors started, like during the game. And I didn't really buy into them that much until I realized that Boogie only played two minutes in yep. the game last night. And that's when I was like, oh, my God, this might happen. But oh, it didn't materialize until a few hours after the game. And I, I was actually drifting off to sleep last night. I had early class this morning. Mm-hmm. My phone buzzes, and it was one of those halfways. Like, I could either fall asleep now or just check it and see what it is. And... Guess what? I stayed up another <laughs> two or three hours on Twitter, just in shock. Yeah. I, I, just not that it, not the fact that it happened, but who is in exchange for? Absolutely. Yeah. Those those deals, uh, even if the deal was actually like a solid trade, uh, those always tend to keep me up at night because of the magnitude of them. Like even like if it's like a big baseball trade, for example, like that will keep me up for like three four hours because you're you're so juiced up at what happened. But it's hard to not get ant got not to get so upset over the return for DeMarcus Cousins and you hear all these stories and we'll we'll go into more of those as the podcast goes on of what the Kings could have gotten and it just gets more infuriating you throw all these names like Andre Drummond uh Brandon Ingram the Lakers didn't want to pull the trigger on that and and there are there are NBA fans who woke up the day after uh this trade happened and they're looking at their franchise I'm pretty sure there's a few Cleveland Cavaliers fans who look at their franchise thinking why couldn't we package like DeAndre Liggins in like a first round pick or, or second? Well, actually, they don't have their first. DeAndre Liggins and, and a draft pick or something. They're wondering how come, how, why not us? Why weren't we able to get uh, DeMarcus Cousins? And then you have uh, Vlade Divac uh, having a press conference admitting to the media that a better deal was on the table two days before they make that trade. Vlade, well, like, most of these deals that rarely of this magnitude happen this time of the year. Any thought that maybe you can wait to get a little closer to the deadline when there's more pressure? Have you got to be able to get more? We will get probably most likely we will get less because I had a better deal two days ago than what you got now. Yep. Why do you go to the media and admit that? You're that's one of the dumbest things you can do. You are already taking crap from everybody for how this trade goes down. And then you had you had fuel to the fire by saying you had a better deal two days ago. Don't legitimize all this crap that's been going around on the internet about how, yeah, there are all these different deals on the table. They could have taken this one. They could have taken that one. Don't legitimize. Oh, my God. I mean, I shouldn't be surprised because over the last two, three years, you will even go back to the last ten years, the Sacramento Kings organization 
has been a pile of crap. They've drafted really badly. They haven't seen much, if any, playoff success. And now they find themselves in the position where they deal away a top 10 player in the NBA. I understand he has his maturity issues. I understand uh, you may ha- you may hesitate about committing over $200 million to a franchise player like Boogie who has his issues. But to give him up for Buddy Heald, Tyreek Evans, who you may or may not buy out, Langston Galloway is likely going to get waived, a, prote- a protected top three first-round pick who you may end up losing out on if by, by some foregone conclusion New Orleans wins the lottery or end up in that top three and a random second round pick that being said the kings have actually managed to turn two of their last like 10 second round picks into like isaiah thomas and hassan whiteside but that's besides the point the kings oh my god this franchise just this is probably the the climax of their ineptitude under the uh vivek rana dive and uh, vlade divac uh, regime you know it's times like these julian where you just have to sit back and really be truly thankful that you are not a Sacramento King fan. I mean, oh my God. How do you react to this? Not only do you give away any hope of contending in the next, I don't know, three years minimum, but you, I mean, you just, you give away generational talent and get nothing back and become the laughing stock of NBA GMs nationwide and Canada. That trade didn't even go through on NBA 2K. That's how bad the trade was. Yeah, I saw that. It didn't go through on NBA 2K. The Kings rejected it on NBA 2K. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. They're going to be hearing about this one for a while. This was historically bad. But, hey, if uh, Buddy Heald ends up turning into Steph Curry like uh, Ryan Dive says he will, maybe it won't be as bad. <laughs> I mean, that just goes to show you that the front office needs changes as soon as possible. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get to Heald, but let's, let's talk about Boogie right now. What, like, what does this trade mean for Boogie's career? Because you have a guy who is, like I said, borderline generational talent. Big man who can just dominate. He's a nightmare matchup for pretty much every single team in the NBA. And now he's starting to hit some threes a little bit too, which is even scarier, right? He's the better shooter of the deal in comparison to Betty Hill. And like you said, you know, he there's always been a question about his attitude, about his temper, and and those are valid points. Uh, He's already been suspended one game this year for picking up 16 technical fouls, and then in his first game back, he got another one. By the way, who was that game against? The New Orleans Pelicans. And guess who got thrown out of that game? <laughs> Buddy Heald <laughs> for taking for giving him a shot to the Nads. It's like, do you think? Um, <laughs> like, do you think the Kings saw that and was like, oh yeah, that you see that? <laughs> this guy's out here grabbing junk. That's the guy we need <laughs> to build around a trade to ship off our best player, our generational talent. Because that was something else, that junk grab. Like, Boogie it's Cousins, unbelievable. Boogie Cousins is the first superstar player in NBA history to be traded for a player who hit him in the nuts. Is that, is that I, a fact? I, I think that might actually be a fact. I don't know if – I don't know if uh, – I'm trying to think of any other super – I don't think Vince Carter got traded for anyone like that. We'll have that. to get Tony Reale to check that one yeah, on, at the end of the show. We need a stats guy. We need we need that intern who who's able to, you know, come in the clutch and come through with these stats. But I, I'm, I'm happy for Boogie because – with all those question marks about him, I think we've never really gotten to truly find out if he's able to help a team win because he's been locked in in that dreaded franchise. Just a franchise that takes top 10 picks and turns them into nothing. Like it's their job. What I'm curious about is, see, we've thought about Boogie Cousins in a position where, okay, he can go help a team and he's that dominant big man in the front court. And then maybe, you know, let's say, for example, he ends up going to Washington. That was a team that was talked about. You have John Wall in the backcourt with Bradley Beal. Or I don't know, hey, maybe they have to deal away Bradley Beal in that trade. That being said, you have your guard and you have your front You have your front man. He's going to play with Anthony Davis. Like, that's the, that's the question I've been trying to think about the, the last few hours since this trade is broken. What do you do with both players? Because it's, it's very – because, I mean, both guys are able to put up 40-50 – not like every night, but those are two guys who can do that. One of those two guys, their play might drop off as a result of playing together. Or I'm not sure what the Pelicans could do. This could work remarkably well, or someone's play might have to suffer for it. Or even worse, Boogie Cousins might not change. Boogie Cousins might still be Boogie, especially after a trade like that where you are adamant about wanting to stay in a city 
and getting your $200 million, whether it's about getting your money or, you know, just you genuinely like Sacramento or not, maybe he really has no interest in staying in, in New Orleans after his contract is up. He's in, he is a UFA in 2018. Uh, that's, that's like, very far in the future. That is very far in the future. the picture and but still, this current trade deadline. I see what you're saying. For sure. But I, I'm just glad he got out of Sacramento. And, and normally I'm very I mean, pro I'm happy about, teams but. staying loyal to the teams that drafted them. I didn't like Dwight trying to get out of Orlando. I didn't like Chris Paul trying to get out of New Orleans. But in this instance, I, I wouldn't wish a player getting drafted by Sacramento on my worst enemy. Nope. Be- right. he, he had to leave because now we finally get to find out, can he amount to something? And we're, I, It's not a guarantee. It's far from a guarantee. But Absolutely. there's a good chance that we get to see Boogie in a playoff game. That's exciting. We haven't gotten to see that yet. It, 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 potentially in a gentleman's sweep versus the Golden State Warriors. That's what a lot of people have been saying. The odds are certainly against them, but that would be such a fun series. More exciting than watching Denver play and get smacked by Golden State. Let's well, get you some don't personality see, in You don't there. want to see Nikola Jokic go up? Let's get some nut grabbing and you don't technical want to see Nikola, What, you don't want to see Nikola Jokic go up against Steph Curry? Against Kevin Durant? Come on, man. Jokic is far better than Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. No, I'm just kidding. But... The same guy who put up His, four, this is dude, you're Jokic, the same guy dude. who put forty guys above Carmelo Anthony. We're not no. letting that go. Jokic, there are people still mad about that, and I stand by it every every word. I say even Miles Turner. Don't tell me Miles Turner is better than Carmelo Anthony. Better trade value, man. We're gonna leave that for another yeah. podcast. Jokic is still, you know, doing his time, building his credit. Boogie has done that. Yeah, and and, and think about it. Boogie, AD versus Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. Immensely better series, without a doubt. Without a the doubt. NBA is certainly rooting for that. At oh, absolutely, this point. absolutely. So, I mean, we can get to the Kings and competence. We we've been talking about about that, but while we're on it, let's let's talk about the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. Okay, where, where do they stand right now? They are currently two and a half games behind Denver for the eight seed. West has seven very good teams, but that eight seed is wide open. Probably only take around thirty-eight to forty games to get there. You don't even have to be five hundred. They also have the Kings ahead of them, but I don't see that lasting long now that they <laughs> after that trade. Plus, Portland has a half game on them as well. Yeah, but they they should be able to catch Denver and get that eight seed, right? Yeah, I mean, if they work together, yeah. I mean, first of all, the what Nuggets, about the rest of the team? The Nuggets have been like saying they're shopping around a few guys, Wilson Chandler most specifically, and then we're also talking about the best. Four or five combo in the league. I mean, like, can you even argue another team that has a better four or five? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. No. And I mean, let's not like act like Boogie will show up and then they'll be amazing. Like you have your work cut out for you. You got two very ball dominant guys, of course, given their situations prior to this. But the, it's going to take time to figure it out. Absolutely. Rome wasn't built in a day. I'm the Miami you, yeah. Heat weren't built in a day. Absolutely. The Golden State Warriors weren't built in a day. Absolutely. I don't know what's going to happen when those two guys come together. And on top of that, I mean, especially after the trade was was especially when the dust was starting to settle, it, we're getting that semblance that uh, New Orleans might not even be done on the trade front. I mean, there's rumors right. going around that Terrence Jones might be on the way out. Uh, they looked as if they may be trying to sign Josh Smith into the fold. There's a few other parts that need to come in for the New Orleans Pelicans. I mean, right now they just have those two guys. And when you look at guard, I mean, Drew Holiday, Etwan Moore, is that enough to also propel them into a playoff spot? Do they need to shore that position up? Like, what else do they need to I do? I mean, this year, considering that all they have to do is go, like, a little over 500 the rest of the way to probably get in, like, that should be enough to get your ass whooping from the Warriors handed to you. But, you know, it's you get to sell out two more games. If they don't get in, I th- I would be not only surprised but concerned for the future. Speaking of which, I mean, Pelicans are already well below 500, got off to a disastrous start this season. But what about next season? You know, obviously a lot can change in free agency. But if we were to assume that all these teams in the West stand pat, they are relatively the same next season, wh- like where would you put the Pelicans in this? Like, People obviously, are going to put them as like a, a mid a Midwestern Conference, mid top eight. Sorry, mid top eight, four or five, because of those two guys. Okay, so obviously and they think they'll have an off season together, and then obviously they're going to probably add someone. 
They're obviously not better than the Warriors. The Warriors are in no, a tier of their they're own. They're not better than them. They're not better than the Spurs. And then I think the Spurs are in the second tier still on their own. But now we're getting to that third tier. Clippers? Clippers, Jazz, Rockets. I mean, that's Grizzlies, a, I mean, Thunder. That's a, I mean, where do they rank that's among a, those I mean, teams? Boogie and AD, especially if they work well, that could be a better one-two combo than definitely Memphis, definitely OKC, definitely Denver, definitely Utah. The Clippers, they might be neck and neck with them if that if that two if that if those two guys work out together and they get a guard that can give them the ball. If they find if those two guys can find a way to coexist and get enough time with the ball, get enough points. That's a big if, man. That is a huge if. That's it. DeMarc, it's it's one thing if DeMarcus Cousins was this quiet, I guess quiet or modest or, you know, he did not have the issues. We don't have to worry about him, you know, going into the locker room, encountering these Golden State Warriors fans and throwing up middle fingers at them, among other things he's done. Right. Because, I mean, yes, there's there's the issue of him playing with Anthony Davis. But if you look inside DeMarcus Cousins, DeMarcus Cousins – he has to change himself. I find his his attitude, uh, I guess, maybe more outwardly towards media people and maybe towards management. Maybe that's what we see. But I also hear people say that he's been great with his teammates as well. And and maybe the coaching is another thing as well. He hasn't really had that many great coaches in his corner. Alvin Gentry, this is an opportunity for him to be good to Boogie Cousins. How many, co- how many good coaches? How many coaches have been really good to Boogie Cousins? Aside from Mike Malone. I mean, not many. No, not many. He he's responsible for lots of coaches coming and going. Not yeah. solely responsible, but definitely a factor in a, assessing blame. This has to fall a little bit on Boogie Cousins. I think he has to check his attitude a little bit and realize, you know what? He's on a team that has a shot. It's not San Antonio. It's not Houston. It's not L.A. But he gets to play with one of the best young players in the game, and Anthony Davis. One of the best players at his position. And if you're a New Orleans Pelicans fan and you were worried about Anthony Davis bolting for L.A., you get Boogie Cousins all of a sudden. You make that work? I don't think you have to worry about that nearly as much anymore. I agree with nearly you. Nearly as much. I'm not saying not at all. Nearly as much. I agree with you Bringing that— a superstar player helps. I agree with you that this team comes into the playoff picture probably— middle to bottom yeah I, i'm just absolutely i'm just struggling to figure out how the pelicans are going to maximize possessions with these two guys in the game it's a big if i mean you, you talk about like oh kevin durant joins the warriors how are they there's only one ball but the distinct difference is the spacing with durant and curry is not i mean it's just worlds apart than what you have in this situation with two big men and i just, i'm just they're like they're the Pelicans front office has their work cut out for them. They acquired the talent, but now they got to figure out how to make it work and not only make it work, but maximize the value and efficiency with these two guys. I'm sure they're going to stagger their minutes as much as possible, but that that doesn't necessarily – that's like a temporary fix for something you have to figure out, and I don't think they'll figure it out by the end of this season, Mm-mm. perhaps a full off season after that. And they could have some cap space to play with this summer too. Enough um, to get a really good guard. Perhaps. They would have to. They would have to pretty much. They'd have to get rid of pretty much everyone relevant on that roster, like Miami did when they brought in the big three. You know what would be interesting? I think if they brought back Chris Paul to New Orleans, I think that would be pretty cool. That would be. Oh my! God. If you bring Chris Paul there, they're a top three team in the Western Conference. If Chris Paul is there. The New Orleans Pelicans are you a have top health three concerns. Team. You have health concerns. For of course, you have Chris Paul and Anthony Davis. Fine, but on on paper, they're a top three team in the Western Conference. You have CP3, AD, Boogie, a whole offseason for all those guys to get together. That's a top three team in the West. You know why I was saying they'd be neck and neck with the LA Clippers with if they didn't go out and get the Garden and everyone else more or less stood pat. Because CP3 is still in L.A. at that point. And right. He still has DeAndre Jordan and all those of pieces course, there. Of course. You have CP3 in New Orleans all of a sudden, and you don't put them top three? Come on, man. You're Golden probably right. State, You're probably right. It, I mean, it State, depends what other teams do. but Golden State, San yeah. Antonio fights for it. Houston also obviously fights for it. They're not going down. I mean, you can. You should probably knock on wood on that statement. I don't want I mean, no, to jinx I'd, your I'd, team. I'd, I'd, honestly, I love how you actually knocked on wood. <laughs> 
But they're a top three team hey, man, in the Western Conference, hypothetically, if that were to happen. I'm as superstitious as it gets, by the way. Mm-hmm. Get that from my dad. I got certain friends who are still not allowed over for Astros games after Albert Pujols went yard in game five. Of the That's NLCS. amazing. Yeah. But, um, no, I don't – like, as much as I like the Rockets, I don't think they are, they're better than that team with Chris Paul. No way. What about John Wall? I mean, I, I don't know his contract situation off the top of my head, but – I mean, just just, just for the just Same for the thing. sake of of Kentucky things, you know, bringing oh, Kentucky guys. Yeah. And if Alvin Gentry doesn't work, is that enough to to lure John Calipari? I like, out? I like how that's already a story, but yeah. he hasn't even played a game in New Orleans, and they're already saying how Calipari is going to replace Gentry next season. Oh, that's yeah. ridiculous. How do how do they come up with that? They should be ashamed of themselves for already putting that rumor out there, whoever it was. Hey, we're already saying that this team is good enough to be eighth in the in the Western Conference and get a gentleman sweep from the Golden State Warriors. We don't even know if Boogie is just going to start fussing over it, the whole thing and just saying, you know what, I don't want to play with AD. He probably won't do that. I don't see that happening. I don't see that what, happening. Like, You're right. The fact that he's been lifted from the worst franchise in the NBA and has a chance to compete, I think he's just going to be so happy that he can overlook his issues that – He's probably known deep down he's going to have to do eventually. And he's gotten better. Like, he's like I said, yeah, he has a lot of technical fouls this season, but it's out of frustration in his team and trying to win. It's not out of just spite and being having a bad attitude. So I, I think his head is in the right place for most of those technicals. And poor his team. As weird as that sound. And not just the fans there, but the, the players that are there. Shortly after the trade happened, Anthony Tolliver took to Twitter and, and just, tw- just tweeted a SMH. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. That, the that, players themselves. They, it's about as good a phrase as any right now. Yeah, for sure. They feel like they've been kicked in the stomach. We can't. I also can't forget uh, Omri Caspi was involved in the deal as well and is going to New Orleans. That's true. It's played there before, I believe. It's the trade that just keeps on giving. Gotta love Omri Caspi representing my uh, Jewish faith. <laughs> hey. Big fan. Hey. I remember he was a, in a Rockets uniform and we'd do the horror every time he'd score. What is Good that? times. The what horror? Oh man, I, I'm not yeah. Jewish. I don't. You ever been know. to a bar mitzvah before? I've been to a bar mitzvah, but like I don't. I didn't know if that's what that's called. It's funny because I intend to bring up bar mitzvahs later in the show. I got an allergy, <laughs> so sit tight. I've but, been to um, two bar mitzvahs all my life. I think we've gotten to the point in the show where it's time to just completely just go all out on the Kings, put them in their place. This franchise is so bad. I'm not ashamed to say it. They are bad. They are bad from top down. You know, they are bad. They are bad. They are bad. You go look at their draft history, the players that they've blanked on, they've drafted, and have turned away, have pushed away, players they've missed out on. You look at that 2011 draft uh, where, yes, they did draft Bismack Biombo, and the, you know through a series of trades they end up getting Jimmer Fredette sandwiched in between Kemba Walker and I completely blanked on the guy who was right below him as well, Clay Thompson. Five picks down from Jimmer, Kawhi Leonard, who's like the was like a top five overall player in this league. The Sacramento Kings had a year where they drafted Demarcus Cousins and Hassan Whiteside. Yes, Hassan Whiteside jumped to like a whole bunch of other teams in North America and Europe before he eventually turned into a big man in Miami. But damn, 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 Isaiah Thomas. Gone. I mean, that's fine. That's from a draft history standpoint. But come on, man. Sacramento has had a rough time. It's it's pretty pitiful when you think about it. How many of those picks from from the last 10 years are still there? Not many. If any, at this point. I got a list. I have a list. If you let me say. Yes, I'm sorry. I I, I cut you off. Like, there's at least like three instances you were trying to like jump in. I just like cut you off. It's you're waiting for me to say something. Almost okay. I'm sorry. Let's go back. This most recent draft, they got Marquise Chris, but was involved in a trade and ended up getting the 13th pick, still a lottery pick, Mm -hmm. and they got the kid Papagianis from Greece. And we don't know how he's what he's going to amount to. They must have high hopes in him based on this trade. But moving on. Right. They also now have Buddy Heald, who's the sixth overall pick. And we'll talk about him in a second. 2015, sixth pick, Willie Cauley-Stein. Barely playing right now. Yeah, he's not playing all that much. At least he's still there. 2014, Nick Stauskas. The uh, eighth pick. 
That guy also drew comparisons didn't to even, Steph Curry. Didn't even last over a year in Sacramento. He's in uh, Philly now. Gave up on him pretty quickly. Year before that, number seven pick, Ben McLemore. Oh. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Disappointing player. Year before that. Too. He had promise. Year before that, 2012, number five pick, Thomas Robinson. Mm. He's on his, what, fifth team now? Do, play Do you even know where he is right now? Where is he? I'm honestly not sure. I, I Last I checked, he was in where Philly. Might have been on the Lakers, actually. Where's Thomas Robinson now? He is in, in, can I get a drum roll? The Los Angeles Lakers. I, I said that. That was one of my guesses. Bounced around Sack, went Sack Town, went to Houston, went to Portland, went to Philly, went to Brooklyn, and now he is with the Lakers. So, obviously, not well-spent fifth pick. Journeyman. Year before that was the whole Biombo, yes. Jimmer for debt deal. He had like 70, Jimmer had like 73 points in, uh, in China the other day. Congrats to Jimmer. That's also the same year they d- drafted Isaiah Thomas. Year before that, they got Boogie and Whiteside. And just, just so I can point out how they gave up on Thomas and Whiteside, let them go for nothing, and then the second they get out of Sacramento, they start <laughs> thriving. That's they, not a coincidence. They kill it. Year before that was Tyreek Evans, who he's back. Yay. Ooh. <laughs> Kings fans throwing a parade. He had like that one buzzer beater for them years ago where he ended up standing up on uh, this little high rise. I think that was like his his peak Sacramento Kings moment. We got two more years to go back of 10 straight years in, in the lottery. Futility. Number 12 pick, 2008, Jason Thompson. Mm. They held on to him for way too long. Now he's in China. Mm. And the year before that, number 10 pick, Spencer Hawes. Yeah. Bit of a journeyman. I'm sure he's, he's, pick, he's produced though, in certain places. As a, a top, worthy of a top 10 pick? Bottom line, you got enough t- <laughs> failed top 10 picks to feed a family. <laughs> this, is a, this is a joke. By the way, Thomas Robinson drafted in 2012. Uh, Anthony Davis was the number one overall pick that year. Uh, Syracuse's own uh, Deion Waiters. We know there are Syracuse people watching. Uh, number four overall that year. Uh, Legend. You know who went uh, one pick right after Thomas Robinson? Don't look this up. I'm not looking it up. Don't I'm thinking up. 2012 Think, yeah. sixth pick. Damian Lillard. Yes. Got it. Number nine. You know who went number nine? Uh, nah. <laughs> We're Andre order. Drummond. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andre Drummond. Those are two guys. <laughs> This is also the draft where Draymond Green uh, was drafted in the second round. So maybe if we had him on the show, he would have been able to give us every everybody to to thirty uh, fifth overall. I mean, everyone makes mistakes sometimes. Like you can go to any team and find a draft mistake where they missed out on a guy. But this is a That's yearly bad. tradition That's in Sacramento. Bad. That is bad. That is awful. It's awful. Well, it, uh, it's a problem. It's it's. This, you know, oh people God. are going to say Kings lost this trade. They're going to lose a lot of games the rest of the season. But you know what they won? They won the award for worst run franchise in the NBA. And that is saying something with the Brooklyn Nets still allowed to play basketball in the NBA. How do you feel about people who say this is the worst trade in NBA history? Time will tell. Time will tell. I don't Because think, Boston don't think is still is. reaping in those picks from Brooklyn. But at least Brooklyn made it to the playoffs, made it to the second round one year out of that. I mean, Sacramento, they're like this. Oh, God. They, the Vince Carter trade to the Nets was a lot worse. Alonzo Mourning, Eric Williams, Aaron Williams, a pair of first-round picks, which I think turned into pretty much nobody. Dude, and Mourning didn't Vince, even. And Vince Mourning was at the end of the line, not entering his prime, man. He still had some good years in him. No. He was not the man. He was not the same player. Toronto got he was not a top Toronto 10 player. He's not a top 20 player. Nobody out of that trade. Dude. Buddy Heald okay. can still it, be it a It wasn't little a good trade. And those first-round picks, they could still, I mean, hoping on Sacramento to be something is a little bit of a stretch. But there's still hope. I don't think there's any – that Carter trade's a wasteland. But, yes, you are right. DeMarcus Cousins being a top 10 player, that probably vaults it above it. But I don't know if it's the worst trade in NBA history. You give up a generational talent, a top 10 player in the league, and in return you get 
a guy who didn't work out the first time you had him in Tyreek Evans. And you probably might buy him out anyway. A somewhat serviceable guard, but nothing special off the bench in Langston Galloway with and, a fairly low ceiling. And you're likely going to waive him as well. And then centered around Buddy Heald. Who's maybe the only player that stays in this trade. Like I said, number six pick in last year's draft. But he's already 23. Yeah, he stayed in college all four, four years. Four years at Oklahoma. Yes. And that, like it sounds crazy calling a 23-year-old old, but like you look at all these guards coming out of the draft this year, 19, maybe 20 years old, with so much potential. And Heald is already a full contract term, a three-year deal ahead of these guys, right? Yeah. And he can still develop a lot of his game, but you got to think his speed and strength are near max at 23. That's just kind of the way it is now. That's a significant part of this trade, the fact that he's already 23. That matters. He better be in the gym shooting threes if they're expecting him to be the next Steph Curry. I think that's just management trying to find a way to spin this trade to be respectable. Good luck. But 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 let's go back on the on the organization for a second here because the trade deadline is Thursday at three p.m. Why didn't the you King have all all you time have in the all world. the time in the world to make a trade like this? That's why, an eternity in NBA trade talk. Why? I mean, it's one thing if the rumbling starts and you see the Waj bomb, the Adrian Wojnarowski Waj bomb uh, of you know Buddy Heald and the draft picks. That's the deal that's on the table. Right, And if you're an organization, you see that, why not just stop and just say, hey, you know what? That news is out there. Why not let all the other teams call in, get more deals in, and, and, and see what could happen here? Or good, or, good Lord, what happened in the last two days before that trade came up? I mean— What happened? You gotta they th- waited too long. You got to think— That's crazy. You have what think, happened? Come Thursday, 3 o'clock Eastern— you got an hour to go before the deadline. Team's going to get desperate. And the Pelicans have a chance at getting DeMarcus Cousins and making the playoffs. You tell me that may, at least they could just unprotect that pick, for God's sake. <laughs> I mean, that was just <laughs> adding just insult dumb. to injury. That's that was so the dumb. icing on the cake so for dumb. New Orleans to just, oh, just kicking them while they're down. You know what? We're going to steal you, and then guess what? On the very slight chance this ends up being a top three pick, guess what? You're getting even more screwed. How did they talk them into that? I mean, that's just that's just going the extra mile and embarrassing them. It's kind of like DeMarcus Cousins getting a nut shot from Buddy Heald. In in a lot of ways, yes. <laughs> in other ways, not not exactly. No, but come on, man. Like Vlade and and management screwed this trade up. What was that better deal? I mean, even some of the deals we've been throwing around with the Brandon Ingram and Lou Williams and the future picks from L.A. and the Andre Drummond possibility. I'm sure there were other deals that were that were out there as well. I'm confused about how uh, apparently Orlando may have had a chance at them, but they balked. Right. I'm very curious about that. Boston, I've, funny enough, when I first heard that Cousins could actually be traded, Boston was the very first team I thought of. So, but, so when I heard they were not in on him, I was very surprised because mm-hmm. everyone thought, okay, he's going to the Eastern Conference. But it didn't end up happening. But if they let that go to Thursday, who's to say they say, you know what? Jimmy Butler's not working out for us. Let's make a last-ditch effort at, at Boogie. Come on. That's when people started getting nervous and act irrationally. Yeah. Did there, why, why did you have this self-imposed deadline of getting it done on All-Star Weekend? I will not understand. And then just for that, to pull the deal, to pull the trigger on a deal that early and lose the trade that badly, that, that's why I think, Julian, that something must have happened. Boogie must have said something. He must have pissed somebody off, or he must have said, I'm not signing that extension because they were clearly desperate to get rid of him and move on. And I'm not faulting the Kings for trading Boogie because I get it. No, I understand It was a project, and they were about to invest a lot of money in a guy who is yet to take him to the playoffs. And like we said, he has some of those issues. I get shipping Boogie off, but it had to be – for the right price. And they just messed this up so badly. Unbelievably badly. And Sacramento basketball will not be relevant for another three years minimum. 
they've been sent to the dark age with this trade. Who do fans have to to look for? And and and, and with the new arena for them coming next year. What, seriously, what? There's nothing there. They're in, they're in it this year. Sorry, sorry about yeah. that. The Smoothie King Center is there this year. But what does there look for? There's nothing there. Those fans. I mean, that's all. No, it's a deep draft awful. this year, I guess. I, oh God, it's a joke. It was highway robbery. We're not even Sacramento Kings fans, and we feel bad. Oh man. I feel awful. I like it's time like these when you wake up in Seattle and go, I, okay, I guess it wasn't that bad that our team is gone because at least this didn't happen. <laughs> Are you if you know a Sacramento Kings fan, if you're listening to this podcast and you happen to know a Sacramento Suicide Kings Hotline, fan, call us. <laughs> whoa, boy, we're gonna go that far. I was <laughs> gonna say give him a hug. Give him a hug. Fair that's, enough. Fair that's enough. one thing you can do. Uh, find because I'm sure there are Sacramento Kings fans. There are definitely Bookie Cousins fans. People who have bought those Bookie Cousins jerseys uh, with the Sacramento Kings uh, purple and black and gray colors. Go out and and hug them because after something like this, where you've been thrown put through the ringer, and you have the player himself saying on numerous occasions he wants to stay in that market, and the team saying that they don't want to trade him only to flip-flop, and while it is understandable why they would flip-flop, the way they would do it is despicable for fans. So I feel the worst for you guys, and it sucks. That's the way the NBA rolls. Good thing they have a foot. Oh, what about a bit? Nope. Nothing. Nothing else in Sacktown. Good Lord. All right, I think that's more or less going to do it for our. And we unfortunately have to end the uh, the Boogie Cousins talk on a sad note, but that's pretty much going to do it for this segment. It's rather unfortunate. Uh, keep it locked here on the uh, Face Off podcast. We'll try to come up with uh, some more uh, pleasant news. We'll recap uh, what happened uh, throughout the uh, All Star competition, uh, the festivities, uh, the game itself. Maybe the celebrity game? It was a fun game. We'll touch on it. We'll touch on it. The Face-Off Podcast, Julian McKenzie, Jake Lapin. Keep it locked here on the Face-Off Podcast. Welcome back to the Face Off Podcast. Jake Lapin here along with Julian McKenzie, the usual partner in crime, and a guest, fourth one in the Face Off's history, Dante Harris. Dante, how you doing? I'm good, Jake. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Dante. Yeah, you've got introduce some, uh, yourself to the fans. Yeah. Um, I'll introduce you to the fans. Um, all right. Um, I'm a graduate student here at Newhouse, broadcasting digital journalism with the sports emphasis. Um so what I did was I was a PA announcer at SUNY ESF. Um, I'm a current intern at CNY Central. Um, I have some background in play-by-play. I did my undergrad at SUNY Cortland. I was the play-by-play announcer for all sports from 2013 to 2014. And then I did a little internship work with MSG Varsity here over. I got a lot of experience, but those are the key ones right now that are important. You forgot Carmelo Anthony Apologist. Uh, the thing is, everybody knows here I'm a Mellow fan. I've been rocking the Mellow jersey shirt since boot camp, baby. <laughs> yes. And I, you know, I, you know, it's funny. I didn't even really like Mellow like that when he like on Syracuse. Like I, like you know, it was cool that he won it, but like then I was like, that was when I just started like really like I, I love sports. This is me watching it, love it. Fine. If we had more time, we'd go in on. Uh, it's been a long the, time since Mello was in here in Syracuse. Yes, very long time. Uh, we know his name is up on one of the buildings here, but uh, what the Carmelo Anth- K. Anthony? Uh, like, what's the name of the the building? Carmelo K. Anthony Center. Yes. Yo, let me know when they change it to Waiters Island, and then I'll finally go <laughs> check it out. It's Waiters County. All right. In Miami? No, we don't got ice in his veins. Sleep. No, I'm not saying he doesn't, but I mean we don't have time to entertain <laughs> Dion Water. We're on a schedule. We're on a schedule. Uh, waiter, well, Mello was uh, one of the many participants at uh, this past weekend's uh, NBA All Star Weekend uh, because of injury. But yes, he was yes. he was there. He made it. Funny yes. enough, replacing uh, Kevin Love. Yes. He actually wasn't happy about the thing, right? Because he was supposed to be going on a trip with his family, and uh, mm. once the uh, the news broke out that he was going to the All Star game, he had to cancel his trip, and he didn't get refunded for it. Dark Horse for funniest tweet of the night during the All-Star game was, 
why is no one lobbing it up to Melo? I thought that was the fun, <laughs> just because everyone else was getting their dunks in. Oh, man. Uh, shout out to Marcus Cousins, only played two minutes. I know we already mentioned well, now that. We now, now, now we know why. Now we know why. why. Um, but all, aside from the game, uh, there was the the celebrity game that happened on the Friday. Uh, the uh, anchors of uh, Sports Center 6, uh, Michael Smith, uh, Jamil Hill, going at it, coaching uh, both teams. That game was fun. That was actually the first time I actually sat through that I, whole game. I respected at the interview at the end with Fat Joe and DJ Cali because Fat Joe says some real. He was like, I'm not trying to get Aaron Rodgers at the end. So I told my team, you going up 10, you going up 20, 30, 40, whatever it is, we're trying to win this game. Shout out the little boy uh, from, I guess he's from Ellen, the Jarris Robinson kid. Yeah, yeah. Something like from a, a liver problem, a horrible problem, uh, but he was able to play a few minutes in the game. Uh, got his yeah, one little shot in. Yeah, one for one from the field. Shout out to uh, B.A.5. So, the, oh, uh, the James absolutely. Harden, the James Harden Eurostep. More uh, like five, six. I think steps. the Rockets should give him a ten-day contract just just for the effort. That was one of the most amazing things I've seen all weekend. Incredible, incredible. Uh, Dante, did you watch that game? Any any thoughts on B dot? Oh God, B dot A dot five. Oh, that's the the, the Eurostep travel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I see why they didn't call it, but <laughs> realistically, you gotta call that because that's just ridiculous. Like you know, I I respect it. It's a celebrity game, you know, cool or whatever, but. It was a clear travel, man. Like, just blow the whistle. Like, it'd be one thing if it was, like, a close thing, but he literally was just traveling for entertainment. Call the whistle, keep it going. Not long after that, the uh, the Rising Stars Challenge went down, uh, Team World versus Team USA. Shout-out Jamal Murray, uh, yeah. Canadian, uh, MVP of that game. Yeah, well-deserved. Well-deserved, of course. I, 36 I, points, game high. Scored, eight, scored 18 of those 36 in the last seven minutes. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the Team World versus Team USA. I think they got to go back to just the rookies and the sophomores because to me it was good to see which class was better. Like I get what you're getting at here, but I, I also think with, with the amount of talent coming from all over the world, it's a great opportunity to showcase them. Yeah, they're trying to all of them. they're that's trying great. to promote it to worldwide, but that's other countries. Got. FIBA in the Olympics. I want to see. But that not as many summer. people pay attention that's, to that, dude. That's like biannual. Or... Yeah, I, I hear you, but like. I feel like then now it's coming to a talk that, I, for me, watching it, it's like, okay, let's try to find the the link to beat USA basketball because USA basketball is so dominant, we have to try to find a way that we see USA basketball lose. So it's more humanly because it's boring that Team USA wins all these games. To a certain extent, it kind of is. It's kind of like with, with hockey almost every not year. Not to mellow, it's not. <laughs> That's, that's life, though. That is a Cheap life. shot. I, I apologize. It's so good because your boy Melo got them Olympic gold. You know what I'm saying? How do you feel? I mean, Melo pretty much values those Olympic golds almost more than, even more than he uh, considers winning a championship. Is that? But that's the thing. Because he can't get there. His role, but you got to, I'm a big person on being realistic. And Melo's road like, for him to get a chip as far as even with, like, think about what LeBron, LeBron James did. He left He left the Cavs because they knew that roster was not getting him a chip. Melo knew that roster with the Nuggets wasn't going to get him a chip. He was close, but the Lakers is just bet. Just like how, look how many championships Kobe took away from people, Jordan took away from people. You know, it's just life. And, you know, okay, you didn't win a championship. That, like me... I like Melo because he's staying and he's being loyal. You're staying in New York. You're doing what you have to do. You don't want to leave. All right. Why, like, Phil, if you really have a big issue with him, stop tweeting about your past relationship. Be a man and come out and say, you know what? We don't, uh, the, the vision I have for this team doesn't involve Carmelo anymore. And everything will be done. Really quickly before we continue with our recap of the All-Star break. <laughs> In time for next week's podcast, will Carmelo Anthony still be a member of the New York Knicks? Yeah. Honestly, I'm gonna. Say, I say yes as well. I, I'm gonna say to mostly because no one wants him to man. be different. I hope the answer. I hope the answer is yes, but I'm gonna be different and say no because after reading an article on Real GM and him saying that this was gonna be therapy for him, and then also talking to his family. I think if that right move comes and they roll by him, I think he's gone. 
Here's one guy uh, you guys can still be excited about, Chris Stapps Porzingis, also the uh, 2017 winner of the Taco Bell Skills Challenge. Uh, they changed, I was impressed. Yeah. They, they changed up the rules this year. They had uh, all the big players on one side of the bracket and uh, the small players, the guards, on the other side, and it was the big men who came out on top this year. Man, Porzingis shouldn't even been playing in that skills competition. He should be worried about that Achilles, man. <laughs> That's a serious injury, yo. That's I, I personally think yeah. your Achilles is yo, worse yeah. than tearing your ACL. So Taps gets the job done. In, this, in, in Greek this mythology, it definitely yeah. is. Jake's <laughs> just throwing just, shots at All right, all right. You know, all right. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have came to the you're studio. Telling me, right, you're telling me that you telling me that Knicks fans aren't going crazy, that Porzingis brought that hardware home. That's the only hardware they're getting for a long remember, time. These, huh? are, the, these so are the same. Talking, these are the same fans who listen, booed the hell out of Porzingis when yeah. he was drafted. You're, you're. There's. I'm gonna be honest with. As far as Knicks fans, there's there's realistic Knicks fans, and then there's people who like basketball because they're from New York. And since you're from New York, you're supposed to like basketball. So they're like Nets fans or fans of yeah, every other like, team in the league. So okay. If you honestly, as a Knicks fan, you're happy that Porzingis won the skills competition, then why do you watch sports? Like that's this is this was a, a All Star weekend for fun. Him winning that has nothing to implicate that this is gonna put like oh he won the skills competition, so that means that their first game back he's gonna drop forty. Also, uh, unless I misheard, are you basically saying that the only people who are Knicks fans are sad, delusional people? I didn't hear like a middle ground for I those mean, guys. In a, I mean, in a sense, because we have to put up with the ownership like that ownership is just it's messy it's this it's like a soap opera like you know like it's it's like they want drama like you can't every season no matter what if the Knicks are good or bad there's always drama absolutely and that's that's terrible as an organization the Knicks when the Knicks I don't even I hope in my lifetime they're good but watching back in the day with my grandma with Charles Spreewell and John Starks you know Jamal Crawford, like oh, that's those dudes play hard. Like they show some heart right now. I'm not seeing no heart from this new Knicks team. I'm not seeing it. Did you see the new quote James Dolan had hung up in the locker room? What, what was that? What did he what said? At least we're not the Kings. Really? No, not really. Because <laughs> honestly, I'd rather be on the Kings right now than the Knicks. Buddy Hill, he about to get the green light because Steph Curry potential, baby. Oh, man. Do you actually buy that he has Steph Curry potential? I tweeted it, and you can look at my Twitter. I say keyword potential because the definition of potential is what they could end up as. Mm-hmm. And realist, Buddy Hill has a quick release. He does. He, could, he does. If he could put them hours in the gym, work hard, because Steph Curry didn't start getting good until his second, third year, maybe fourth year. He, he also got, had injuries plaguing him. Yeah. He, if, if Buddy Hill wants to put the work in, like, I say Steph Curry potential as far as his shot, not as, like, the player. Because he'll, to me, he'll never have that handle or any. But to me, I, I don't really think Steph Curry has good handle. I just think that since he can shoot the ball whenever, it's like you have to. You think Curry has good handles? I think he has good handles, but I don't think Curry it's, like, Curry has great handles. There. What are you talking about? Yeah. He don't did, got Kyrie what? handle. Hold he don't got, what? He don't got Kyrie handle. He don't got Kemba handle. No one has Kyrie handles. He don't got John Wall handle. Still, I mean, you mentioned three NBA players, yeah, but his his handles are. Wait, still we're talking about Steph or Seth? I'm lost. <laughs> I'm saying I said that I believe he has good handle, like, but I said what makes his handle even better is that he can shoot the ball from anywhere on the court. Sure. So when I'm playing Absolutely. defense, I'm making sure you're not shooting the ball. Congratulations to Eric Gordon of the Houston Rockets for winning the uh, the three point competition. Yeah. Top three moment in franchise history. <laughs> He right behind the rings. It. If he would have blew that, he should have won it. And oh, he blew it, dude! He got he to that last rack, and he got—you could tell his shot, his uh, his shooting technique changed. He was getting antsy. But uh, what was more surprising is the fact that he did his thing. He's one of the first four shooters to shoot in that first round. Then you had uh, Clay Thompson, uh, Ky- uh, not Kyrie, um, Kyle, Kyle Lowry, Lowry, who who wet the bed. And Wes Matthews. Wes Matthews wet the bed as well. C.J. McCollum didn't really have that great of a that show. That was my dark horse pick, C.J. That was, that was embarrassing. I was rooting that, for you, Kyle. And thus, we were All-Star all Weekend for, for Portland fans was sadly over. Unfortunately. No, but uh, Eric Gordon getting the job done. Congratulations to him. What did you guys think of the three-point contest overall? Was that? Did you think it was probably the highlight of the entire week? I mean, I mean, obviously I'm biased because yeah, of Rocket won it, yeah. but I mean, honestly, like the, because the dunk contest, we'll get to that. But it was disappointing this year. 
maybe unfairly so. But either way, I think the three-point contest was really engaging. Like, it was close. It went to overtime. Every rack mattered. And they have this new thing where, with the money rack. It's not brand new, but it adds more strategy. Like, it's it's a le- like it's not going anywhere. It's a legit contest, and it's one of the best parts of the weekend, I think. I thought about this last year, and then the greatest slam dunk contest as for, that I've seen as long as I've been alive. Remember, contest and performance, two different things here, because I know people listening are thinking, what about Vince Carter? Vince Carter had a single great performance, but in terms of going 1v1, uh, Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine is probably the greatest slam dunk competition I've seen. And before that happened, I was thinking maybe the NBA should consider putting the three-point competition as its marquee event because the slam dunk competition hadn't been relevant in that in a long time. And considering the fact that we're seeing such great shooters like Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, maybe moving it at maybe having the three-point competition as the marquee event would have been a great idea. So we go to this year where the slam dunk competition isn't nearly as good, and we'll get to more on that competition. Maybe we consider the, moving the three-point. What, what, what do you guys think? But first, before you say that, I think that it was entertaining just because Clay lost. Because honestly, Clay should have won, but he also he he smoked it. He he embarrassed himself. Uh, he should have won that. But you know, it was good for him not to win because then it had just been like, oh, Clay Thompson, the best three-point shooter. He's the best shooting guard in the league. So I'm glad he lost. But they, if they do, if they do bring make it go back further. Then they should just bring back the other challenge they had. I, I wasn't in there this year. I don't think the one where they usually have the the uh, ta- the cities, and then like they usually get yeah. like a WNBA player. Yeah, an NBA player, WNBA player, and an NBA legend. Yeah. I forget what that name of that competition. The Shining was. Stars yeah, Challenge like or something. Those, that's like the easy, like the first one you send out. That's just fine. I I, 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 I have no okay. problem with that being uh, gone. I love I loved it. I didn't miss it. I, it was I loved it. It was you know you had. Former legend, you want to see if they still got it. WNBA players proving that they can hit shots too, and then you got your NBA players who's supposed to knock that down. Like Chris Bosh is knocking down half court shots late. <laughs> he, dude, he was actually the, probably the best in the history of that event. That he would always hit the half court shot. So you guys are seemingly not in favor of switching it. I think you just gotta hope that the dunk contest can live up to the hype because it has oh. the most potential, whether it lives up to it or not. Oh, and. To go back on what you said about um, Levine and Gordon, don't get me wrong, great dunk contest. But for me, I can't. You can't. To me, you just can't. I don't think you can say that's the best ever. That's like throwing said, major shade like said, at Tracy McGrady, like by said, the way. Like I said, Jason long Richardson? as I've been alive, dude. Underrated dunk contest. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You guys are bringing up individuals no, no, and no. their performances, dude. Vince v- Carter versus T Mac in two thousand. There were some great dunks. Steve Francis had a couple good ones too. Dwight Howard and Nate Robinson, another yeah, great. Nate, great. Nate, Nick's, the only Knicks happiness Dude, we had. That was it. Jason Richardson versus uh, Desmond Mason. That, that was a good one in 03. I don't know, man. The dunks we were seeing. The, the dunks. Webb, no, 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 no. no. Remember, Dude, they've had, they had. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Remember, remember, I also said for as long as I've been alive, because I know people, the <laughs> 80s, yeah. 90s crowd is going to come for my neck because I'm trying to Dominique, disrespect Meek versus Jordan. Gordon versus Levine, the dunks we saw in that competition, come on, man. I get it. There are amazing dunks from Jay Rich and and Desmond Mason and and all that, but the amount we were getting from from last year's edition, amazing. Dude, it's just one upping each other every single time. Yeah, it was. It was great. It was was absolutely. So I don't know how it isn't, how it cannot be the, the best I've seen. Technology is is in their favor, man. Like Spud sure. Webb never used a drone to dunk, but dude, honestly, I think if Spud Webb ran out there this year, he'd be getting forty twos all night. It's just if you got to think that the value of a dunk right now is like not what it used to be back in the day. These guys, what it takes to get a fifty back then, that's that's just not going to cut it today. We need some because uh, need some new judges. It's we not do, the judges' problem. Mean, it's it's, judges, it's just people want to see something they've never seen before, and it's getting harder and harder to become more creative. The bar keeps getting raised every year, and I, don't I think know about that, I feel like, like yeah, you want to see something new, but even if you do old vintage dunks, as long as it's, if you make it better or more clean, like if I see you do a between your legs dunk, like if you do that and you slam the the rim mad hard and show that you was up there with hops, like I'm gonna be like. 
Yo, that was a good dunk. It's all about the finish, too. I saw quite a few dunks in that competition over the weekend that lacked the finish, and there was one dunk yeah. in particular, and maybe for DeAndre Jordan, where he just, you don't have that smash. I didn't even bother watching DeAndre Jordan. Was it worth, I didn't even watch it, so was it even worth it watching his? Uh... Not, uh, it's not to say he was bad. We we predicted from the beginning. We did say we yeah. did say he was he was going to be so so. Like the coolest part of any of his dunks was that it was caught on a Snapchat by DJ Khaled. Like that's true. That is, it, the true. dunk itself was good. Like obviously I can't do it, but I mean, it uh, he wasn't winning that thing. We knew that going in. Yeah, but shout out to uh, Glenn Robinson the third, who uh, he is the winner of this year's uh, slam dunk competition. Uh, he did throw down some pretty nice dunks. Yeah. He did. He did well. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. also involved. He was okay. There were good dunks in this contest. Like people were disappointed, but they were good dunks. The problem was they weren't hitting him on the first try. Yes, that's what ruined it. Because like, what's the best part about these dunks is like Dante was saying the power, but along with that, another factor is the like the surprise. And when you just see the guy line it up three or four times, like it just it just ruins that moment for you. Absolutely. And Zach Levine was. Really good, and I think we underappreciated how good he was at hitting it on the first try. Yeah, the first year he won all the dunks. If it wasn't the first try, it was definitely the second try. He he hit us with that element of surprise. We the the this year's competition really missed Zach Levine. It really they really missed him. Another issue I think is it was following up last year's competition. That is another point That's, as well because last year's competition was following up four or five years of just awful competitions. Absolutely. Like, he, Name like three players who were in the dunk contest leading up the few years before. Was Jeremy Evans in one of them? That was a, that was a while ago. Damn. Um, I mean, we're talking Demar Derozan. Yeah, Victor Oladipo had one where he, Oladipo uh, was in the same one as Levine, though. Yes, that's true. He was with Plumley. Yes, I mean Terrence Ross was in it one yeah. year. I mean I Chase Budinger won. was in it one year. How like, did he end up there? He, dude, he, he played he played volleyball in college, pretty good leaper. But like, okay, he, he did not win. It's fine. The only way I feel that this All Star Weekend is gonna get better is that if in these activities only All Stars can participate. Yeah, what do you think about that? Because I disagree. Mm, if a guy can dunk and you know he can really bring it, yeah. what does it matter if he isn't an All Star? If he could bring it for that competition. Weekend. The one well, all star in the event was the worst one. We but just agreed I'm on that. Here to see all stars. That's I'm here. I want to see LeBron James. LeBron. Well, he's LeBron, he was but there. LeBron, but LeBron, LeBron was there, but he's not going to perform that sort of thing. Yeah, he's uh, he's. Of we course, gotta, they're going to ask him to. I say let people more, perform who want to be there. Do more incentives to get these all stars here doing this. Here's why I think you're wrong. Is because. They want to appeal to every market, right? They want every NBA fan watching this thing, and Blazers fans are going to be pissed that they don't have any All Stars. But oh wait, CJ McCollum's in the three point contest. All right, I'm going to watch. I mean, yeah. Just to me, it's an All Star event. I want to see the All Stars cater to the All Stars. This is their time to get their shine. If you want to see your market player, you watch them every single day on your network, or if you got League Pass or whatever. Make get to tell your player if they want to. This should that should be the more hunger to want to do that. You know what? I want to be an all star weekend, I want to do that, so I'm gonna play hard and be an all star next year. So, what do you guys think of this idea? I'm, I'm actually gonna. I was listening to uh, First Take, uh, and Stephen A. Smith brought up the idea of the NBA going out and, and going out on the streets and just scouting nationally and getting some of the best dunkers they can find, not necessarily NBA players, obviously, participating in an event like that. I mean, think about it. Like, fine, if the NBA players don't want to go all out and make crazy dunks, why not get people like a Zion Williamson or because something? Because you're trying to Maybe promote. Maybe not necessarily him, but, you know, just get kids or, or get people who are, you know, out here doing these and one mixtapes and dunking like crazy. Bring those people out. You're trying to promote your game. You're trying to promote your players. I, I see what you're saying, and I think that dunk contest should be held at another time by a different entity, but I don't think the NBA would – look into doing that. That is a good point. We talk about bringing in the game. That takes away all your credibility because for me personally, I feel like the NBA tries to brand themselves as they have the best players in the world. Right. So you're telling me you're reaching out to people that are not in your organization to perform the best dunks just doesn't really make sense to me. It's a good point. It's a good point. It's it's a good idea. Just maybe someone else should take the reins on that one. Maybe 
maybe TNT or something. Who knows? So then there's the actual game itself. Right. Actually, wait. Before that, do you, any of you guys catch the uh, the Craig Sager yes. donation thing where, where Steph Curry failed to hit a three-pointer? <laughs> I just want to say that Steph Curry has done nothing to help cancer. <laughs> oh, that was bold. That was very bold. Nah. Uh, is, I, it was a, obviously a, yeah. a great thing for them to do. Yeah. I enjoyed it. DJ Khaled made a shot. Yeah, and, I saw and that. Not Steph Curry. I honestly, Yo, I I Khaled's got some Buddy Hield potential. I think yeah. you could say he's also Buddy. Oh, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. I thought, I thought Curry was gonna make one, but I'm surprised the internet did not slander him. I, I'm so surprised. It was on my it was on my Twitter feed. Was, Maybe some yeah, Rockets anti Warriors fans. I think so. I didn't see him. Yeah, I would I would have been waiting to see like, well, Steph Curry. You know, Steph Curry did miss the half court shot, but also don't forget he blew a three one lead. Like I was waiting for that tweet. It was a it was a tough it was a tough weekend for him. Honestly, Absolutely. sat out three point contest. Thankfully, because he couldn't hit a shot apparently, apparently and then. Yeah. Uh, you got that ongoing gift now of Giannis putting him in his place. Mm-hmm. Who had a? I don't know about. I mean, fine, it was a hard weekend for him, but uh, I could imagine Kevin Durant had a slightly harder weekend. You you sit through the competition, you get introduced as OKC player. Yeah, that was. Uh, do you think that was Burr- an accident or just some guy? That's definitely an accident. Okay. Uh, Hannibal Burris calling you out uh, during an event, saying, "Oh, hey, are you going to switch teams?" Uh, and of course, the awkward encounters with. Uh, Russell Westbrook, who uh, every time he answered a question about uh, Kevin Durant, he opted to talk about Fashion Week or anything else. That thing with with KD, honestly, he's chilling because that shot he hit against Westbrook let me know that he's accepted villain role. So to me, I feel like this for him is just all comedy and jokes. And that whole Westbrook and KD thing, like, the media is blowing it so much out of proportion. I agree. These are grown men. Like, this is not elementary school. If you have issues with each other, we might not speak at first. You know, Tom Hill's all wounds. Like, right now, we're upset. I, you know, we're not going to talk. It is what it is. But when it's time to talk, we're going to talk. Fine. I think, I think it was an awkward situation, and the media overblew it and then hyped up, even increased the animosity between those two. Like, it got in their head. They listened to the media. They watched that stuff. Mm-hmm. And Russ is out there reading tweets and watching videos of people saying that he's coming for KD. He's going to, you know, and uh, hyping up that matchup, putting it on a national game, having the fans with the T-shirts and stuff. And what is Westbrook supposed to do? He's got an entire franchise on his back as it is. Yep. But Westbrook, he took it, I think for me, I think why – he he so like had so much animosity and hated so much not because you know Kevin Durant texted him but I felt like it was kind of disrespect basically saying that you feel Steph Curry is a better point guard than me because if he felt Westbrook was a good point guard he still would be with him. Like it's just the there's other factors in yeah, that man. I think he, the fact KD wasn't looking for the best point guard; he's looking for the best situation, I, best opportunity to get a ring, better city, like better franchise. They were only one game away. From Honestly, KD's the one who blew it. If you don't remember that game, oh, I remember very. Game, cool. This is game, like this is not what I'm trying to argue that, at all right now. That, that shot, so, so you know, but West, I, I really feel that Westbrook at at the at the whole situation, he was the most childish out of it. He, I think, you know, at the end of the day, you got to represent yourself professionally, and like that's why I love with his KD and their their mothers did, you know. They're both friends to the end of the day. It is what it is. You know, things happen. Breakups happen. You got to learn how to just focus on it behind the scenes. And then on the scenes, you keep it going. Like, a lot lot of, it's funny, it's crazy how, like, when I was in high school, one of my teachers told me, he said, you should go become an agent because he feels that players don't really know how to represent themselves with the media. And to me, this is a, a perfect case, like, Westbrook, you should be like, all right, whatever, keep it moving. Like, don't be petty. Come on. So the the play they ended up connecting on in the uh, the All Star game does that matter to you? Do you think everything is hunky dory? Uh, like, they just playing ball. I think. Okay, you first of all, because they, they did they did say something along those lines. It was just a basketball play. 
the celebration on the bench was just weird. It was it yeah. was awkward. It reminded me of a bar mitzvah party when you know the guys and the girls are on opposite side opposite sides of the room, and then one guy goes <laughs> and dances with the girl for one song and comes back, and all the guys mosh pit him. Like I mean, that's what it felt like. It There's was it was forced reference. and it was weird and it was very awkward. And they still didn't even like officially yeah. bury the hatchet after that. They didn't talk to each other or anything. I don't know if they they're not going to do it until like the off season at this point because there's too much going on for both these guys with their own teams during the regular season. So they'll just wait till the off season. They'll just talk it out at some point. No one's really going to know what's going to happen, and then all of a sudden they're just going to be not frenemies, but it's just they're just cool. It's sad, man. It's sad as the NBA goes. But you know, I'm sure they're happy that the Demarcus Cousins uh, news came out because no one's going to. I mean, we mentioned it sure. briefly, but no one's going to overblow overblow that news. No, no, that was the biggest news of the weekend. Not some dramatic uh, frenemy stuff going on. I, they're definitely happy that that came through at the end. Absolutely. Yeah, that tr- but it's, it, to me, it's funny. Like, yeah, that, that trade is cool. I respect it. But the Pelicans still really ain't win nothing because you don't know if he's coming back next year. So, you know, yeah, good, good thing for the season or whatever. But is he really going to stay there? Like, okay, it's cool. Yeah. Like, we gave away Buddy Hill in a first-round pick just to get nothing. We see. We don't know, and uh, we'll have to follow I the... I don't want to go off on a rant or a tangent, but... Lord knows talking, we've gone off on numerous of those. I was right. saying, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I was saying that if the Pelicans somehow get an 8 seed, I could see them upset in the Warriors. Oh, no. Okay. You're because on camera, Mr. man. Mr. You're going to say that? That is fine that I'm on camera, because who thought that the, who thought that the Grizzlies were going to beat the Spurs. And who said that they could, who could That's beat the Warriors? That's so who, different. Who said, but time out, I, I, I love, I, I don't like gloating, you know, I love being humble, but in la- class last semester, when we had to do our little 10-minute pie podcast, who said that the, what team could upset the Warriors? Remember when I said the Grizzlies, and then they cooked them that, that by 20 points? All I'm saying is, anything is possible. Word to KG, and I feel like with those two bigs there, the Warriors, that's their weakness. They don't have no rim protectors. But, yeah, in a perfect world, they got the shooters, so they'll shoot them out the gym. But that's why we love playoff basketball. You never know what can happen. Anything is possible indeed. Dante, thank you very much for joining us on Episode 5 of the Face-Off Podcast. Oh, I, lo- I, lo- I was glad to be here. You guys are amazing. I love your grind. You you guys starting this podcast and start like you guys were the trendsetters for for new house this semester amongst us sports people because now I notice a lot more people are starting to do more stuff and be more on their entrepreneurship. So, so and me personally, want to thank you guys for that's what we do show and motivating me still to keep on going. We'll do, we'll do, man. Thank you, Dante. Thank you, Jeremy, uh, for chiming in and telling us when we're on hour ten and obviously producing this podcast. Uh, for Jake Laban, I'm Julian McKenzie. Keep it locked here for more content. This has been uh, the Face Off Podcast.